0: Well, it's great to see you all, and uh, it really is a privilege um, yeah, to be here this morning. And a uh, bit of boom on my voice, I'm used to that. It's a deep one. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's normally like the 300 that needs to be pulled down on me to get some clarity. Um, yeah, gee, just great seeing some of you I haven't seen for a long time. I mean, I'm saying to Justin, I remember... Um, Him leading a team that I was on, absolutely years ago, and and these two sitting in the front, I actually remember being on a a worship team at a LTT in Harare, and like ages ago, and uh, when Brad Clainsmith was leading, and um, yeah, so it's just great seeing um, friends from way back, and it it really is a privilege. But if I can maybe just, um, as a way of introduction, just start a little bit of my um, a bit of my worship story, is is. I remember I was in high school and uh, I knew, I, I've known since I was young that I felt called to be a preacher. My dad was a preacher. We had preachers in and out of our house and I was like, this is what I want to give my life to. Um, Sam, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and, and so like I knew from small. Um, but in high school, some words came and it was quite clear the Lord was saying, I want to use you in worship and it wasn't really my idea I it's probably a bad time to confess this but I, I'm not the biggest fan of music like I like music but I'm not like you know there's some of those guys you like, I mean they might be sitting in the room sorry like it's like they really find it fun to jam I like sport this wasn't my it's, it's like it's not my it's not my thing but I met Jesus and so that's why I love to worship and so the music has kind of followed that it's not like this is and so I didn't really like this word so much that the Lord wanted to use me in worship and, um, and so like I was one of those guys it was very much like you know the Lord just after the heart like he just like loves my heart and that's all that matters and so I, was, I think I was a bit confused because in one way I didn't really want to play music that much like do the bare minimum I loved worshipping like bare minimum kind of like my high school career and then um, and then but then at the same time like when these words come I'm like Lord why aren't these guys opening doors for me in my life in terms of worship like you said it like why are they blocking your purposes in my life it was like everyone else's fault and then it hit me one day that whether the Lord spoke to me or whether just I realized that the Lord is not mocked. And actually, I wasn't taking this thing seriously. And so like, I remember saying, no, wait, I'm going to commit to this. Like I didn't really commit in terms of worship. And so in terms of worship ministry, and so I, I went started spending a lot of money on equipment like by faith like getting stuff from the States like just getting electric guitar stuff investing and then spending time in the study setting it up when no one saw and just spending time in his presence worshipping like I just spent time there and it was so weird eh because at that moment all the guys who I thought were blocking my future, who didn't know what I was doing in the study, started coming and just saying, Hey, won't you come and lead worship with us? Won't you come play electric guitar for us? Won't you come and do this? And just realized, like, the Lord's not mocked, you know? And so, like, I learned this, this lesson, you know? I mean, I've hidden behind that thing of, like, you know what? The Lord just loves the heart. You know what I mean? Like, it might just sound terrible to people, but the Lord loves it. Does He? And then I thought about this thing, you know, who, like, where do we really get this thing heart from? And when we think about, like, who was the heart after God, it's who? David. And I thought, what is the heart, like, what is the heart that pleases him look like? When they were looking for a musician, the best in the land was the heart. It's like, then I realized, like, the right heart doesn't hide behind heart and be lazy like the, the right heart actually <laughs> skills up spends time commits and uh, and that was that was a uh, interesting lesson I can't say I mean yeah I'd love to say I'm skilled but actually people in this room know me so like we we on a journey okay <laughs> Um, and so, but man, I just, I just think, you know, I watch when the queen was still alive, it was, was it a Jubilee or something? And it was there outside, um, Buckingham palace. And there was Ed Sheeran on his guitar and there was Coldplay and like all the best bands coming and singing for the queen and they had great equipment, like top guitars, you know? And I'm just thinking, we, we get to play for the king. Like, I think we can use the best we can find. And like we can, we can really throw ourselves into this. Like he is worth it. You know, um, might be leading worship in a, in a small church. There might be three people there. But it's for the king. And it's worth going all out. Giving it everything, getting the best equipment we can. And you know, it's interesting because David supplied instruments for the musicians he invented them and he supplied them so the king supplied instruments for the muses. I've found that when I stepped out in faith for electric guitar equipment the Lord came through I mean a, a few years a few years ago I mean I had this court acoustic guitar I loved it it's um, I don't know what it was the MR730 FX I even remember And it was a beautiful guitar and um, Gee, that was a step of faith to get that. And then in a ridiculous moment, I gave it away. And then I had no acoustic guitar for years. And so like prayer meeting and a a connect group meant I'm carrying around a little amp and electric guitar. And I mean, I was loving it, like I was enjoying it. But at one stage, I was like, "Ah, Lord, wouldn't it be nice to have an acoustic again? But actually, if I get an acoustic, like... I want a Martin like I want I want something good like, but just give me the worst Martin in the world cuz I reckon even that's nice and uh, I remember coming down to Durban and looking at the shops and going oh wow that's what they cost and uh, and didn't have it um, and then I felt the Lord saying go find your Martin and I went to a music shop in Maritzburg and there was this beautiful Martin and before touching it or playing and I just looked at the price um, 20,000 rand I was like okay um, so I just went and picked up the tailor next to it and started playing and the guy walked out or Paul and he's like have you played the Martin I'm like no Paul Have you seen the price that you put on that thing and uh, so I just I, I start playing the tailor so he's like you've got to play the Martin I play it it's a complete mistake because it's beautiful <laughs> and uh, and then, and then I go home, and we're sitting in a staff meeting, and uh, oh yeah, then this happens. Then we're sitting in church on Sunday, and I just feel like the Lord's saying, go fetch your martin. I'm like, Lord, with what? SARS, 15 grand. Bang, in the account. Message comes sitting in church. 15,000 rand from SARS. Okay, I'm going to have to talk to Lauren about this because she's already got plans for that, I'm sure. Um, and I feel the Lord saying, go. And then we get to a staff meeting on Tuesday and some of you know Elliot, um Sonjikla and he starts like randomly just prophesying over me, you've got new boots? And as soon as he says new boots, I think Doc Martens and it's back to the Martin. It's like the Lord says you've got boots, when are you going to go put them on? Go and fetch them. You, he's given them to you you're just not fetching it but just before Elliot spoke that I went and I checked online because is at Marshall in Maritzburg. I check online and there they've got this guitar at 15,000 Rand so straight after that meeting I fly down there I'm like Paul I saw they got the same guitar in Joburg for 15 at Marshall I see his face so it's just dropped I say, they've dropped you in Joburg haven't they he says yes they have can I have it for 15 of course you can <laughs> bang done you know the, like I have found the king supplies what we need to worship him man you know, hopefully I, I trust there's, there's, he's got instruments for some of you and, and as you commit and as you move into it that he's going to supply um, for his glory alright so there's a little bit of a random journey can you turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4? This could get weird and fantastic fast. All right, let's see how we go. Um, I feel like I have a word for you. So we have some of the Glenridge guys here. We've got what? Two other churches, Grace? Grace Life and, and City Gate. We're the Grace Life guys. Yeah, awesome. And City Gate? Okay, Cool so good so I mean I've I felt like I just want to walk through and let's just walk through some of Revelation today and uh, you know just been looking at these moments around the throne and the worship that's going on and hopefully just draw some points and I feel like there's also something prophetic for you guys here you guys at Glenridge for you guys here in Durban and uh, so I just want to want to share that so let's see where we go with this um, so Revelation chapter 4 after this after remember he sees the Son of Man and he has these these words to the seven churches and then it gets um, that's if you guys have braved the book of Revelation um, after this I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I'd heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirits, and behold, a throne stood in heaven. I mean, right now, I mean, I'm just imagining it now as we're worshiping now. I mean, these these throne songs, these songs that come out of Revelation 4 and 5, I'm just imagining that actually right now, Almighty God is on his throne and the lamb is there. I mean, it's like, and our, and our songs are going up to him, to this throne. A throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Cornelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning. I mean, this is wild, Dave. Eh? I mean, ever, uh, you know, guys are complaining that worship's too loud in church. Rumblings and peals of thunder. I mean, our drummers can like go big, but I mean, this is ridiculous. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass, like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are the four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind, which just seems weird to us because two eyes seems normal. But I guess when you're in heaven, there's a, there's a whole different normal. And the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them had six wings, and they, they're full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Yeah, you know, so I mean, this is a this is a this is a kingdom moment. There's the King on the throne. Almighty God is supreme. He's King, and and He's on the throne. And um, I come a little closer here. And I'm just thinking about these living creatures because as we read about them, they seem to be the ones who are, are are leading so many times the worship around the throne. And so, if you would just take this journey with me, I'm gonna like let's try and pull something. From these four living creatures we lead worship in local congregations all of us here including you guys at the back but why don't we pull some stuff and see what we can see from the four living creatures who seem to lead it in the throne room <laughs> I mean proper I find it so interesting it's like even Ezekiel has this revelation of the throne Isaiah does and all of them Talk about the four living creatures They describe them differently. So I'm not sure you know because you know, Jesus sometimes seen as the son of man and later On we're gonna read here that they see him as the lamb as it had been slain so so maybe there's Maybe the writers didn't see the full deal of these four living creatures or maybe you know some describe four wings some six wings Or maybe there is some change. I, I, I don't know. We'll know fully, you know, maybe some of you theologians know better than me but I'm just kind of going along, picking out from all of them. They might be different. They might actually be different creatures, but I'm just pulling. In all these encounters, they're the ones kind of leading the songs and leading the worship, and they're closest around the throne. So, all right. So, Ezekiel describes them as four faces. Um, John describes the four living creatures as the, the one has the face of a lion, the one an ox, the one a man, and the one an eagle, whereas Ezekiel describes that each of them have four faces the one face facing this way is a man the one lion the one eagle the one in ox I mean I'm seeing Brandon here he's got the face of a man up front he's got the lion here on the side I'm just thinking an eagle and an ox bro and then you sort it, eh? okay cool um, but some of some of you who've been around a while may remember Alan Frau and I remember he did this teaching um, about the four faces of worship and saying like, actually there's, there's different moments in worship and to recognize the moments. And there are these lion moments in worship. I, I don't, actually there is, I mean Elevation, I put out a couple songs along this line recently. But there aren't always a lot of songs about the lion, you know, the warrior, our God is a warrior. But man, it is a very important part of worship that there are these warrior moments, you know, that, we, that we're leading. Because our God is a warrior, you know. Um, he is fully loved, he's fully gracious, comp- but he is a warrior. His enemies call him terrible. It's his name to his enemies, terrible. The terrible one. Good, they must know. He is the victorious one. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, lack of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all stupidity. And it's all around the world today seeing the lord as warrior, as lion a lion is not afraid of a fight a lion is running into a fight i mean i I just picture this lion getting up and i mean have you seen a lion running i mean it is just something to behold it is not afraid of a skirmish it's in there unafraid and uh, our god is the lion of the tribe of judah and there's something in worship that needs to represent him there are these moments Have we got the songs? Are we writing the songs? Are we leading these moments? Are we discerning when this, when it's actually a warrior moment, a lion moment? I think I mean, it was a song we sing: "We are strong and courageous, walking with the Lord our God in the power of His Spirit." Um, something holy war, let the enemy tremble. I mean, this is our God. Victories. Are brought breakthroughs. He's talking about these gates. Breakthroughs are brought. Our God is on the move. He's the Lion, scattering enemies. He's gonna. He's gonna finish this fight with the breath of His mouth. And it's not even gonna. He's not gonna bring him to a sweat. It's gonna be whew, done. Our oh God, you know, in these times when the world seems like it's at chaos, the church needs revelation of the Lion. Our oh God. Is in charge he's not afraid it's not like there's this balance of power no he's fully in charge and 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 we need these moments in worship you know there's it's interesting is that one of those leading worship or one of the faces leading worship in around the throne is the lion the lion face I mean Ezekiel has this interesting picture because he's got these four faces and he describes and, and the wheels. These living creatures each have a wheel, but he talks about them following the spirit wherever the spirit goes. But there's never a turning around. It's like the spirit leads in the lion direction, and they just the lion part leads, and then it heads in the man direction. And the man part leads. I mean, isn't that interesting? Just they're following the spirit. Different giftings, different yeah. Then there's the ox. Um, straight out of wikipedia an ox castrated bull used as a draft animal it's a domesticated animal it's it's, it's got all the power but it's being domesticated i mean we see domesticated as bad we like we want to be wild for the lord and all of that but there is this thing of domestication that actually it's useful to its master that power can be used it can be yoked it's not just this wild power out there, but actually it's domesticated, useful to the master. We have a king. You know, it's, it's an ox. It's not just the wild bull. It's not, he didn't use the African buffalo. He used the domesticated animal that's actually useful. It can carry a load. It can pull a cart. can carry weight. It can plow. And the thing about an ox is that it's just strong. It's faithful. It's dependable. It can be yoked. And just one foot in front of the other, plowing even through hard times. You know, there's a moment in worship, and there's a a part of us in worship, I mean, uh, uh, Brandon's talking about it just now, that even in the hard times, these are the moments to worship. There's a moment where actually I don't feel like it, but we just plow through. You know, know, we're gonna talk about the eagle now. There's moments of feeling it and just following the Spirit, and we're just soaring high. But there's other moments we don't really feel it. It's just an ox moment. We just worship. I don't really feel it right now, but he deserves the glory. One step, we're just going to keep plowing. We're going to keep obeying. What he said to me in the light, I'm holding on to even now in the dark. When it doesn't seem to make as much sense as when I got the revelation. But I'm going to keep going. We're going to keep worshiping. uh, When you put it like this, you know, there's those worship sessions that are like we consider lemons. Maybe they're not. Even in heaven there's an ox leading worship. I don't know. What do you guys call those now those sessions? Lemon still. Red. <laughs> sure. you get the elders doing this. Jesus. I think Jesus um, showed the ox when he picked up the cross and he just, I don't think he felt really good in that moment. But he just, I know who this is for. It's for my father, for his glory, and for us. One foot in front of the other, heavy load on his back. And he calls us, daily pick up your cross and follow me. Daily be an ox. You know? Just, Just the basics. You know what I mean? Just the everyday Christian life. Keep, Keep on keeping on. Yeah, under government, the ox is under government. It's useful to the master because it's, it's yoked. It's domesticated to him. Still got all the power, the raw powers there. It's not the Frank Sinatra song. I did it my way or the Bon Jovi or whoever's the latest guy to sing that line. Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. There's an ox. Obedience. Underrated today. Jesus says, those who love me, obey me. Uh, obedience is like an underrated thing today. It's like, it is the key to real life and life abundant. Plow through the storm, I wrote here, And then, and then the face of a man. Yeah, you know, this is the man There's moments in worship of of communion, of friendship, of intimacy. Um, I just wrote here, you know, the Psalm 23 feasting during the storm, feasting at the table in the presence of our enemies. And then there's the face of the eagle, these living creatures have, or one, or they all do. Depends on who you're reading. And I think this, this does speak of the prophetic nature of worship. They're those moments where it's the eagle. The eagle climbs high above. It has, it kind of has the heaven's perspective of something. It's amazing when you, you might be going through a tough time and you jump in an airplane and you get above and you look down on the earth and you see all these cars flying around or you might climb a mountain. And you look down and you see everyone running around in the cars and somehow it just puts things into perspective. You know, climbing high looking down on the hurry, the hustle and the bustle that you caught up in. And the eagle climbing on the thermals, on the wind, on the breath of God, climbing high, not using its own effort, just locking its wings and rising on the breath of God, on the thermals, on the, on the wind. And soaring. There's moments of worship like this. And I, I, you know, I mean... I mean, if you've got favorites, like sometimes like it could be, it might be this, you know, but hey, apparently there's four. I wrote here, worship above the storm. Something sharp and fierce about the eagle. Very sharp. It sees. You know, I just um, remember reading this Jamie Buckingham book. And uh, he, he was... In the Sinai area and uh, they were doing a tour and their guide pointed out um, this eagle that was climbing high and going higher and higher. and he says it's climbing on the on the Ruach which is the spirit the breath of God they've got the same word for the wind for the thermals as the breath of God I mean what a beautiful picture there's the eagle climbing on the breath of God on the spirit of God and the storm was coming, so he says, watch how this eagle is going to handle the storm. If the eagle tries to stay on the cliffs, the storm is going to batter it, and it, it might not make it. So it, it gets out on the thermals, and the thermals rise before the storm. And so this, it just locks its wings, and it ends up being carried above the storm, like way out of its own control. It's out of control. It's on the breath of God. Above the storm, and it literally gets ice on it and some of the weight of the ice and whatever brings it down over the back of the storm and thorn, thaws out, and it, that's how it handles. I mean, how's that for? Interesting. A picture of worship, you know, and bringing people, lifting them, the prophetic and the, just climbing on the breath of God on the Spirit of God above the storm. And just, you know, describe these living creatures as having eyes everywhere. It's just like within and out and and I mean, it's, it just seems a, you know, forgive me, but to a human mind down here, it just seems a little weird and fantastical. But you just, you just think about it and um, how amazing it must be to be in the presence of Almighty God and have eyes everywhere just seeing Him. Just seeing Him like we can't just see with two eyes. There's a whole nother perspective. There's a revelation of God that we just have no idea about. in in His presence, just seeing Him. I was just, um, during worship, I was just, as we were were singing, I was just, I thought of Ephesians 1, 18, 21, where it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And I was just, just thinking there, like there, Paul describes other eyes that we do have. We've got eyes in our heart. And as worshipers, that the eyes of our heart would be turned and the eyes of our bodies and and Everything we've got just turned to seeing Him, revelation of Him, to keep Him in view, to keep looking at Him, to keep seeing Him, to keep our eyes on Him in worship. That's, that's what these living creatures do. They are the closest to Almighty God on the throne. The elders are there around the throne, but in between them and the throne are the four living creatures. They are so close to Him, and they are looking at Him all the time. And they worship Him night and day. Man, I think there's something there for us that we would keep the eyes of our heart, keep our eyes on Him all the time. I, I, you know, I spent some time with, some of you may remember Henny Cater, and he's a legend in the kingdom, and, and something he, he said impacted me, and I've been trying to do it, you know, and he, he talks about these four prayers he prays every morning, and, and they're amazing but the second prayer that he prays every morning and I've been praying with our kids on the way to school and, and like just it's like Lord I don't want to marginalize your presence today I don't want to marginalize the presence of your Holy Spirit you are king all day not just Sunday not just when I have my quiet time so actually all day I want to be aware of your presence and listening for a command and obedient you know I, um, I think that's something of having the eyes of our heart like the living creatures and our eyes turn to him I mean just the interesting story out of that is I'm busy praying at the one day driving to an, a meeting at the office we drive past some of you know where we are we drive past life hospital just before we get to the church building my sister's with diabetes and she's in hospital and as I say, I don't want to marginalize your presence I feel the Lord say to me your sister needs you and I know she's in hospital so I, I feel it so strongly I turn around and I drive in there, and she's in a ward, and she's in a coma, and they think she's sleeping. I mean, it's just like amazing. Lord, I just want to be aware of your presence so that I can listen to you all day long. Boy, save my sister's life. It's <laughs> incredible. I think of these four living creatures. They're in proximity. They are close to Almighty God. May we as worshipers live close, close to the throne, close to Him, close to Jesus constantly worshipping they are the closest ones you know um, did the chicken or the egg come first I mean I have this I have this wonder about the four living creatures are they close because they worshipers or are they worshipers because they're so close I don't know (laughs) can you and I get closer without becoming more worshipers like the more we just get close to Him, the more we see, him. like, how can you but respond in worship? But if we grow in our worship, how can you not get closer to Him? I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, what are we aiming at? Jesus. You can't be a worshiper and not get close. You can't get close and not be a worshiper. So I'm not sure, are they actually the worship leaders of heaven or are they just the ones who are closest to Him? They, they, they do both. <laughs> and they sing this song, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty the, who was and is to come. I mean, what do you think of when you, when you see that word holy? I remember as a youngster, like you just sing holy, holy and somehow it felt right. Like you get that sense of the Holy Spirit that this is right and it's good. But like, my mind was just sleeping when I sang holy because what is that? Um, that. Revelation of what that word means, which is a God word, should just keep growing with us, of who He is. When we say, like, He's in a league of His own. He's the only uncreated. There's no one else like Him. He's in a league of His own. I mean, you guys have done a whole series on this, right? So you probably should be taking over this moment and teaching me here. I would love to. But He's, I mean, He's stronger, better, faster, cooler, wiser. Just there is no one like Him in his love in his grace in his compassion in his kindness to us in his fierceness in his wildness in his strength in his being a warrior and being light, and just there is no one like him holy just you know I think of Isaiah 6 I mean he also um, had this vision of the Lord on the throne and uh, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And this is a massive temple by, by the sound of it. It's like, I mean, how big is this train? Yeah, I say it's big because when Daniel talks about it, he talks about a million angels just attending the Lord. So just beyond the 24 elders now, there's a million angels just attending. And then it talks about like tens of millions of angels there before him i mean i think it's a big room i mean the way they describe some of these creatures they are huge isaiah another name for him we read in kings is Azariah. he was the 10th king of judah and he died of leprosy for for disobeying god it was a hectic time in in the life of israel let's face it the last few years have been quite hectic for durban you guys have been through it Durban has taken its fair share of hits and yet it's in this moment that he sees the Lord seated on the throne it's like this is a time that Durban needs to see the Lord seated high and lifted up on the throne they need a revelation of the Lord high and lifted up above all the troubles all the worries all what seems like chaos it not chaos it's in the hands of the Almighty God you know Ezekiel when they were in Babylon and or where were they? they he was in the Sheba Canal they were in exile that's when he saw the Lord Daniel was in exile things were going hectically that's when he saw the Lord John was in Patmos in jail I'm gonna try kill him for the Lord it didn't work that's when he saw the Lord man we, we need to see him high and lifted up people in this world, the world's in an interesting place. They need to see the Lord. High and lifted up. And so in verse 2, Above him the seraph, stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one of them called to the, another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He describes these living creatures here. It's the only place as it gives them a name: the seraphim. Seraphim means burning ones. I love that they are like burnished bronze. They come out of like fire. Um, when Ezekiel describes them, like the storm, like Ezekiel gives them a lot of airtime, like like a, a chapter, I think, on on these guys. But I love that worshippers like. There's too many worship in churches where it's led by guys who are just playing music and ladies who are playing music. Where are the burning ones? Hey, we should be burning. Hey, on fire. Can can you be close to God? Can you see Him and not be burning? Like Here we go, once again, like, did he create them to be the burning ones, or are they just too close to the Lord, and they're just burning? I mean, I mean all these questions, I mean, I'm sure they're going to mean nothing to us when we're in heaven, so please don't mention I ever said that, but can we get closer to him and not burn? I mean, I love that thing on, on the road to Emmaus, and they're with Jesus, and they don't re- realize it's Jesus, but when they realize afterwards and Jesus disappears, they're like, weren't our hearts burning when he spoke to us? Guys, we know the one who, when he speaks, our hearts burn. I love Paul's prayers. You know, if you think, Paul, this master builder in terms of the church. And you think, what's a conversation between Jesus and Paul like concerning the church? It'd be quite an interesting one to be in, right? Be a fly on the wall. Well, actually, we get to be. There's a lot of his prayers and conversations with Jesus are written down in the scripture. This one. Colossians 2, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you. This is, this is Paul's heart. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. And for those at Laodicea. And for all of you who have not even met me personally, how do you contend for people you've not met personally, Paul? Pray. He's contending in prayer. My goal, this is my goal. This is what he's praying for. That they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I tell you that, so no one may des- deceive you by fine sounding arguments. For though I'm absent from you in the body, I'm present with you in the spirit. And delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is. There's some Bibles that put it as that you may have the fullness of assurance, the fullness of assurance. Colossians 4 he talks about Epaphras and he says Epaphras who is one of you and he's a servant of Jesus Christ he sends greetings he's always wrestling for you in prayer others Bibles will say contending using that same word that Paul used he's always contending for you that you may stand firm in the will of God mature and fully assured this this theme comes up a few times with Paul's prayers like he's gunning for the assurance of a believer like the burning I mean I love that song that old hymn blessed assurance Jesus is mine this is my story this is my song praising my Savior all that yeah. that we have this burning in us that you know I think this is one of the things that I'm gunning for after reading this is like when I lead worship it's one of the things that I'm trusting for is like I'm choosing songs and, I, and I'm worshiping and trusting that when we when we hear on a Sunday or at any meeting is that hearts are burning Burning with the love of God, burning with the assurance that they're on the rock of Christ Jesus, that they've got a hope, that's sure, that no matter what's happening in their lives, they are in Christ. Like, I just don't want to choose like, like iffy little cool sounding songs. Like, I want songs that create hearts burning. I mean, there's plenty of them, but like, I don't want to waste a, a meeting on a just on a like an okay worship song. Like, I mean, I love some of the old hymns. I mean, like. One of my favourite is uh, when peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say it is well with my soul. How's How's this verse? My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Man, you, you start singing those songs, and you sing it burning, and, I, and you see hearts start burning. Man, we want the fullness of assurance. These, these seraphim were the burning ones. I think, I think we should be the burning ones. Who, who was it? Was it uh, Moody who said, man, I just when I get up to preach, I just set myself on fire, and people come to watch me burn. Fire catches when are we going to take a break because I'm getting it's a bit worrying I'm, I'm getting caught into this Eh? you'll you'll let me know Brandon you know there's no substitute to being with him like you can't like I can't pretend I'm burning either I've been with him or I haven't like, when, when we get up to lead worship, either we've been with him or we haven't. Like, there's, there's no substitute. There's no shortcut. Either we're in proximity, we're around his throne, we've got our eyes on him, we, we're getting revelation of him, we're worshiping him, we're living in his presence, we're living in obedience, or, or we're not. <laughs> Man, and, and that's where there's life. That's what we were called for. Hope this is encouraging. Hey, you guys are right. Eh? Yeah, but what about the six wings? You know, two they covered their face, two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. I mean, I just I just read here humility. In the presence of Almighty God, and they're using four of the wings just to cover themselves, not to be seen. Because we're in the presence of Almighty God. Like there's there's something. Have you have you just have you you don't have to answer, but I mean have you have you felt that thing where you're just in the presence of God and you like and you just want to cover yourself. Like you just you don't want to be seen. Like you it's a weird thing as worship leaders, right? Because we're up there. But there are these moments where you just like you just don't want to be seen. In the presence of Almighty God. I, I think that's such a healthy thing. Like when we're in his presence, when we're seeing him, like it, it actually it actually kills the, the ego like it just it sorts the ego thing. Being in his presence. The fear of God. Like we're so safe, we boldly approach his throne. We're his children. We have the spirit of his son living inside of us. So like there's no, like we're not, we're not nervously approaching. We boldly approach and yet there's this mystery of at the same time there's the fear of God. Like like the more we see, the less we want to be seen. But we are seen by him. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, Revelation chapter 4, there's this this song that they're singing. And they sing in verse 11, Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor the power you received, for you created all things, and by your will they existed. And then uh, the song carries on in chapter five and it's verse 12 and they're saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power wealth wisdom might honor glory and blessing these seven things power wealth wisdom might honor glory and blessing who is worthy of that the lamb the lamb is worthy and it's it's so interesting. I mean, I remember listening to Alan Parfitt and, he, and he, he just unlocked this thing for me. It was such a helpful moment in my life the day Alan preached through this. And it's, he's like, this is what nations are going to war. This is why Ukraine is happening. It's about one of these things or more. It's about power. It's about wealth. It's about wisdom. It's about might, it's honor, glory. This is what the nations are fighting for this is what greed is about it's about these things and actually there's only one who's worthy of them and it's and, and we understand like the danger of wealth right it's like or let's say um, honor glory like when glory goes to a human and they don't pass it on to God and they don't, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing getting these things as a human but we are not worthy of them so we can't keep it remember Herod and they just like treating him like a god and they're worshipping him and it says he just accepted it he, wa- he could have been safe in that moment if he said stop like Paul and them when they worship Paul uh, who was it um, Silas or whoever but he didn't stop them he just received it he received the glory and he was eaten by worms he died in that moment it's it's dangerous for humans to think they can handle any of this stuff. Like we see people, the rock stars, losing their minds over taking the glory. We're seeing like Hollywood stars just absolutely going wild. We see people with wealth who think that it's theirs absolutely lose their minds and they throw their whole lives and families away. Like these things are dangerous for humans because we are not worthy of them. Like they come through our hands, but we gotta pass them on where they belong. Only he is worthy. And so I remember Alan saying, he's saying like each of us have a tendency to one of these more than another or maybe more than one. You know, we're, we're all different, you know, and it's, it's so interesting is because, I mean, uh, if I'm vulnerable here, it's like I had this thing. I remember even one of the Mandel brothers saying to me going like, what's going on in your life? You're, you're a bit driven. What's, g-? and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I know there's something wrong, but I can't put my finger on it. Like, I'm gunning for the Lord, I'm gunning for his kingdom, but something's wrong. And I pick it out that like, I'm going well, everything's going well, and there's just a moment where suddenly, and and we're doing the Lord's will and I'm just not happy, I'm unhappy about something and I don't even know what it is. And the day Alan Parfit read this and he explained it to me, the lights went on. (laughs) I have a default for honor. I like honor. And it's so weird because... I'd be happy to give the wealth away and to give all these things, other things away. And I think I'm like running after Jesus and looking like Jesus. But actually, why are you doing it? So that you can get honor. Yes, and that thing's killing me. And I didn't recognize it. And so, like, it was such a revelation for me of realizing okay, there are these moments when I get unhappy and it was because someone dishonored me. <laughs> How stupid is that, right? was all going well but someone dishonored me and I got unhappy and so I had to change and it set me free I mean it was like it was like such an amazing moment in my life it allowed me to be happy where I used to be so grumpy and it was this moment of like okay here's my new default I'm, I'm setting it when we get in a moment and someone dishonors me my question is going to be okay I've been dishonored but is Jesus still being honored because that's my level of happiness it's not, a, it's not whether I'm being honored, but it's whether the lamb is being honored. And so I got into these moments, and someone would dishonor me, and I'd be like, is the lamb being honored? I can be stoked. That's, that's, that's right. It's okay that I'm being, I mean, remember David. The guys are throwing stones at him, and he's like, you just, no, just, cousin, just leave them. Don't kill them. Like, maybe the Lord's got a message there for me. I'm being dishonored. But when the oaks dishonored the Lord, David was out with a sword. David had that default right. This is where worship goes. Only he is worthy of all these things. And then it says here, we're back to um, chapter 4, I think. the foundations, uh, or no, are we in, sorry, I think we're still in Isaiah now. I can't remember now. Anyway, I think it's Isaiah 6, verse 4. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. Who was calling? It was one living creature to the other. And at the voice of the living creatures, the foundations of the threshold shook. And the house was filled with smoke. I'm just like quite taken by the weight that these four living creatures carry. And actually there is an authority that is as worship leaders that we carry. That we should carry if, we, if we're close, if we're in proximity, if we like that ox. We are yoked and we're obedient. Remember the authority that Jesus carried. The Roman centurion recognized it. I ah, like you am myself a man under authority. Therefore when I say something it carries the authority of Caesar. When I speak, it's like Caesar talking. Why? Because I'm fully obedient. And the Roman centurion recognizes in Jesus. Jesus, when you speak, you speak with all authority because Jesus said, I say what the Father says. I do what the Father does. You know, there's something about this being under government, being obedient, that carries authority. And I mean, what, what a moment. I'm just thinking of worship leaders who are fully uh, domesticated to our great master fully obedient that man when we sing a line foundations shake smoke fills the room I mean, imagine why is it because we so? no we're just saying what almighty god is saying i mean jesus talks about the authority all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me therefore you go we walk in that and then Isaiah says, I said to me, I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And there's this conviction. He is cut to the heart. And isn't that beautiful? In A worship session before Almighty God, the Isaiah, the one who served the Lord, who knew the Lord, is cut to heart. I think of Acts chapter 2. This reminds me of Acts chapter 2. Remember that moment when the Holy Spirit's poured out and the 3,000 are cut to heart. And as I read it, I actually thought it's actually, it's like there's some similarities here. They were all together in one place. Let's actually go there, Acts chapter 2 quickly. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I just thought of this in terms of worship. How's that? What came? A sound. I mean, how many times as worshipers are we looking for the new sound? Well, there's the sound from heaven that came. How amazing is that? Like like a, a rushing wind and it filled the entire house. It filled a physical place in the New Testament. This is obviously also speaking back to, remember those Old Testament times when they built the new temple and they dedicated it and the glory of the Lord came. Remember the tabernacle and then the temple with Solomon and the glory of the Lord came that they couldn't, even work, they couldn't even minister. The glory of the Lord filled the house. And here's the moment with the New Testament, the new house, there was the, the tabernacle, the tent, then there was the, the, the temple and here is the body of Christ. And when the Holy Spirit fills the glory fills that place they're all together in one place and it's just I mean isn't it amazing there's this tongues of fire appeared and rested on each of them are full of the Holy Spirit they began to speak in in new tongues and, uh, and, and the guys around were saying, how is it that we hear them telling in our tongues the mighty works of God? These guys were worshiping God. They were giving glory to God in different languages. Speaking of the mighty works of God, they were amazed, they were perplexed. This is a worship session. They're just giving glory to God. But a, there is a point here as well. Is that it's interesting because God said, Jesus said to them, listen, go into all the world make disciples of all nations. But I tell you what, before you go, don't go wait for my power from on high before you go and this is that moment and so it's interesting because here's this moment this revelation the sound from heaven this this infilling this cut to the heart but it's it's with the purpose of being filled with the holy spirit to send out into the nations to go and take this gospel out you know i just think of I was thinking in worship session of the Moravian missionaries. You know, they used to, some of them would literally sell their lives into slavery just to take the gospel to the slaves. And the rest of them would meet on the docks as they jumped on the ships and off they would go. And they would say this line, they would say, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. Hey, there there is, there's something we see in Isaiah six here that, that in these worship session, there is the apostolic, it's. Let the Lamb receive his glory. Let him receive the reward. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. And we get a role to play in that. You know, I think of Ezekiel sees the four living creatures, and there, and there are these, these four wheels. Each of them has these wheels, in, inner wheels. And I mean, I, like, just don't Google it and try and think what, how people imagine it was, because it just gets weird. Maybe you know one day. But. Man, I just think the four living creatures, Ezekiel shows them on earth. It shows the throne of God actually moving around on earth. I think it was, uh, Derek Morphe talks about it as like a revelation for Israel that just because they can't be in Jerusalem, God's throne is everywhere. And the living creatures are, are, are moving. And it speaks about these wheels. And I think it, like to me, I'm just thinking, I'm just adding like wheels, transport. There's something in this in being worshippers, there's transport involved. It's not just about here and now, our local church. It's about everywhere. And like, I felt this word for you guys. I felt the Lord say to me, it's, it's, it's a move from the station to harbor. There's something global that God wants to do through here. You, just for a moment, if you just allow me to talk to Glenridge, is that all right? You are not just raising up worship leaders for Glenridge. You're not just finding drummers for Glenridge. In every area, there's something global the Lord's got you to do. You are raising worshipers for the planet. There's something global. There's something that's going to be exported and taken through Africa and all over the world. So don't just think, oh, we need another three drummers. You could do with 50 because the world needs thousands. <laughs> anointed in the Holy Spirit and know how to flow there's some there's something here and so anyway I'm just getting a bit off point here but Acts 2 then Peter gets up and he speaks to them and he talks about in verse 33 Jesus exalted at the right hand of God he has his revelation the throne room and then verse 37 and when they heard this they were cut to the heart When people see Jesus, when there's worshiping, there's a a being cut to the heart. People's lives change. And when those guys went out from there, they went out as missionaries. They went out speaking and preparing the way for Paul and Barnabas and whoever came out after them, Timothy and all those guys. And the living creatures were raising their voices and, and the humans were cut to the heart. I mean, woe is me, I am undone it's just a lovely thing I remember Stan when you were with us you were just talking about you know, so many people saying I'm done, I'm done, I'm done but actually not enough people are undone people need to be undone as they see almighty God because when they're undone then they're ready they got faith and they're ready to go again you know, worship is supernatural it always has been you know in the Old Testament how they knew like Cain and Abel God accepted the one sacrifice of worship he didn't accept the other how did they know? Well, fire came from heaven and accepted an offering. That's supernatural from the beginning. There's a moment, I think it's in Deuteronomy, where um, the Lord talks about strange fire. And strange fire is not what we would think of strange fire. It's when the guys brought their own lion box matches and started the fire to make it look like the Lord had accepted it. To the Lord, a fire that we make is strange. Normal fire is fire from heaven. You know, and you think this Acts 2 moment is that again. You know, in Romans 12, Paul talks about we are the living sacrifices. And as these living sacrifices came together, fire came down. The Lord had accepted the worship. Isn't that amazing, huh? Amazing. The burning ones again. Do we need to take a few In your hands, Brian. Cool.
1: Yeah, that was, Dwayne, that was really, really good, man. There was a a lot of nuggets there for us, man. Thank you. Sheesh. This has been recorded. Sorry, I should have mentioned, I saw some of you guys are taking notes on that. So this has been recorded. I will send it out. All right, even to, for the CityGate guys and guys at Grace Life, we'll make it available for you guys. But... Dwayne, thank you very, very much, man. You know, I love that thing of are those creatures, in the, in, are they there, are they created for worship or are they worshiping because they're close? That egg and chicken <laughs> and the burning ones. That really, really s- stood out for me. Can I encourage us? If you feel at times, that's what I, you know what I felt earlier. Worship in every season. There'll be moments where you feel like I'm created to do this. But then the times when you feel like you're not created to do it. Get close, stay close, and you will burn. Sometimes if the fire feels a little bit stay close, he ignites the fire. It's never on that we need to make it happen. It's being close to him that the fire burns. So father we we love you lord thank you for this word thank you father father we want to be those burning ones lord in every season no matter what we face no matter where our lives are at we want to be those who worship you we want to be those who are burning for you lord So I just to read that, Isaiah 62, 10 again. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. That is the call for us as worshipers. We are to remain burning for him. And the purpose is to help people pass through the gates. God is calling us as worshipers to lead the way. So Father, we give glory to you, Lord. Give glory to you, Lord. Thank you Father for this privilege that you have called us into to be what, to be those burning ones, to be those who worship you, those who are so close to you, Father. And we honor you Jesus, you made this possible. Father, may we never lose sight of the calling that you've called each one of us to. You want to use us mightily for your glory, Lord. Amen.